Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. for being here. I do appreciate you's daily meeting, but instead of having the meeting, since we've got a class right after this, it is my job to talk to you about finances and maximize your time as to keep my word. I've sent into chat one of my favorite websites to use. I do not get paid for that website. It's not the most, it's not the best website. It just helps me out with doing grace math without grace being in my presence. That's it right there. So you can save that if you want to. It's up to you. You're grown, but we will be using it today. We will be using this today. I've laid down about two or three days of foundation. I've taught you about how when you spend money, which class it puts you in. I've, I've, I've taught you a lot, and it's all been very specific, nothing general. 
universal would be a fantastic word, but nothing general. But now I need to localize that into your businesses and and Rakeza. So let's do some of that localizing. Who would like to volunteer their business? I'll use your business to bless everyone else. Who among you would like to volunteer your business? Doesn't matter. All right, let me ask it this way. Who would like someone to do the work for you in your business? All right, grace your hand up. So you got just got to rechange the, the, the word spell and then, then it makes sense. Volunteer seems too scary. All right, go ahead, Grace. You come on. <laughs> not, not, not law. Law, wait a minute. Let me, wait a minute. <laughs> you want to, law can go. You want, you want to do law? I'll do you both. I'll, nope. I'll, I'll, I'll do you both. You two are opportunistic. There you go. Grace, do me a favor, Deanna, put in chat what I say. Grace, how much money do you want to make per per day? Oh, wow. <laughs> I have not thought about that. Oh. Same question to you, Law. My goodness. Oh, wow. I'll make it $1,000 a day. Yeah. All right. So it's, it's 365 days in the year. So you basically just said $365,000. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it. Okay. No, no, no. no that was a good. Listen, everyone, li listen to me. When it comes now, if I say, Grace, watch this here. Grace, how much money do you think I want you to make for me a day? Not a thousand. Um. <laughs> All right. Did you already <laughs> answer the question? You already answered the question. I just I want to show you something. I just I, I just I, I didn't intend to do this, but I just want to show you something. That question forced you to tell me about your belief level for your business, right? Yeah. Now, I know she she she's she's gonna clobber that with ATS, right? <laughs> she clobber that ATS because it's built, it's done, and it's paying her bills, and she has lots of confidence in it. Her business right now is still a little brain baby, and right in her thing. Good, thousand dollars a day. That's what we're gonna do. Uh, is that a cool with your belief? Is, is it yes. shake you a little bit? All right, we're gonna make that your profit. Okay. It, it make you feel better. Yes. So what's three hundred sixty-five times two? Oh, uh, what is that? Seven twenty. Seven hundred twenty thousand. No, seven thirty. Seven thirty thousand dollars mm -hmm. is what you want to make a year. Okay. So you need to have two thousand dollars a day. Okay. All right. Please write that down for me, Deanna. She needs two thousand dollars a day, which comes out to seven hundred thirty thousand dollars a year. All of you should be doing the same thing. Repeat. Repeat that that year amount two, for me. Oh, seven hundred thirty thousand dollars a year. $730,000 a year. Now, before we go to all that, I need to frustrate y'all a lot. Okay? Is it okay that I frustrate you? I have to frustrate you. This is, where, where's Satish? I have to give you the tornado. We need to talk about his tornado today. I have to frustrate you in order for you to, to win. I'm going to teach you something my last job taught me. I'm so glad. My, the most profitable, well, I guess it depends. 
I've had three jobs that were profitable this in three different areas. Obviously, Joel Osteen, I do my best to work him in every conversation possible that has something to do with positivity. So there he goes. That's character-wise. And it also gave me the confidence to start this business because that's exactly what happened. I, this business is what I did for Lakewood Church, if you don't know. That's, this is what I did for Lakewood Church. And I said, well, I, I, I do that for him. I could do it for me. And then, boom, right? That, that's what happened. Then there was the United States Army, obviously, being an intelligence analyst for the United States Army. Uh, that kind of put some experience on you, Steve. It, you know, 18-year-old uh, with 41-year-old soldiers that you're leading into stuff. I just got to say stuff right there. My my secret top-secret security clearance runs has a firewall as soon as I bring that up right there, okay? All right, now, the the most profitable job I had was actually Little Caesars Pizza Pizza, based in Detroit. Little Caesars. Amazing how the most profitable job I ever had was a pizza place. But you got to think about it. Little Caesars invented fast food pizza. That's insane. When you think about it, there's no such thing as fast food pizza. Pizza is just fast food. There's no such thing as fast food pizza. When you walk on a little Caesar, you can get a hot and ready pizza in 30 seconds or less. That's pretty impressive. They taught me something. I was responsible for paper, labor, plastic, and food. I was responsible for these four areas. Okay? Now, now that we know what I was responsible for, what does this mean? In order for me to be a good night manager and then eventually store manager, I had to control these numbers. Now, Food, obviously, I had certain amount of control over it. However, food is a commodity. The most expensive parts of the food is obviously cheese because cheese is a commodity. There's, there's actually a cheese stock market. You can literally go to the website and it, yeah, fill. That's right, fill all the restaurant. Literally, you could just look at it. It goes up and down. Then ham, the beef, the beef. But most importantly, it was the waste at the end of the night. That was a killer. Killer, killer, killer. Go ahead, Phil. And theft. I, I know you got to say it again. And theft. Oh, and theft. And theft, for sure. Waste the, and theft. You have to watch your back door more closely than your front door in the restaurant. Yeah, business. buddy. We had a camera right over the back door, too. Phil would have his restaurant. And he'll be like, man, why does my food cost so high? It's because somebody walked some food out <laughs> and fed their family <laughs> five weeks in a row. He's just, no, well, well yeah, yeah, five weeks in a row, he's doing his monthly inventory, and now he sees it. Yeah, stuff like that, definitely. 
definitely food, definitely waste, well, definitely theft. When I was when I was with the BBS, which was a fast food restaurant, we did inventory every day and compared it to the previous day with what the sales were. So if anything was out of kilter, we would reg flag it daily. We would count the cups, we would count the fries, we would count the burgers, we would count the buns, so that it we was, knew day by day. We called it shrinkage. Yeah, that's near impossible to walk out there with food. <laughs> near, unless the manager told you, go ahead and take the helm. But what it also does is it forced you to create hourly projections. I'm sure Phil had to do this because in order to in order to control waste, and but you had to also keep the food fresh because customers don't want to walk and get food that tastes like it's been cooked for two hours. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That means Phil would have understood his peak hours, his drop hours. He would have also understood when he needs to have more pre-made ready stuff that he can just slap together and make fresh along the way he would have, he would have known that 11 to 130 would be peak hours and then it depends on the daylight savings time of course it would pop back up at 330 because you get ready for the the four to six well depends on your location because that could be four to eight easily depending on your location and then you got to wait for the, the drunken high people that's going to come at 10 o'clock at night when the store is about to close and want to fill their belly with something. Go ahead, Phil. We did $5,000 lunches yeah. based on a 15-cent hamburger. Amazing. 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 We, did, we didn't do $5,000 lunches. We did $5,000 dinners off $5 pizzas. Our rush hour was from 4.30. Well, the real rush hours was from 5 to 8.30, but as a manager, it was 3.30 to 9.30 because I had to control this labor. So I had to work two people all day until 3.30, and that's when I started bringing in one person, which I'm going to get to labor here in a second. Basically, Little Caesars wanted me to make sure that food stayed around, what was it, 38%, I believe, cost, 38%. This was for the whole, like, day, 38%. That just seems high. That's not right. That's not right at all. I remember my number now. It's not high. That's not 38%, because it was daily. Get over here. Get, there we go. It was 19 to 21% is what they want me to have my food at. And it sounds, feels much better. I felt like I was going to get fired when I said 38%. Now, <laughs> plastic is just what you think. It's your, your thermal paper. Oh, I'm sorry, that's actually paper. Plastic would be your, your plastic knives, you know, stuff like that. Just, just stuff. Yes, go ahead, Deanna. So for plastic, is that something that a business such as the Marie Group would have to incorporate in the budget as well? And if so, what is considered plastic? You're going to have to incorporate food in your budget as well, which I'm going yeah. to get. I'm going to get to that. A good question. Let me finish, and and I, I got you. 
So essentially, plastic is the stuff that you got to go to Walmart and go pick up real quick if you run out because you didn't budget enough. That, that, that could be... It could be a, it's just little stuff that just just know that I ran out. It's little stuff. In this case, we would count thermal paper as plastic. Okay, thermal paper. You know the receipt paper. We wouldn't count it as paper. That was plastic. Well, the receipt paper, ink. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Ink. Yeah, receipt paper, ink, all that stuff. So and like we office wanted, supplies. Okay, office supplies sounds fantastic. That makes makes sense. So we wanted plastic to be somewhere at five uh, percent, somewhere like that. Now, labor. I don't even have to think about labor. That was drilled into my head. No reason for me to think about labor. I dreamed about labor percentages. <laughs> I had to control it so much. 18 to 21% to get you a bonus. Anything anything higher than that, you was losing money. Anything lower than that, you would sacrifice the customer service. Ah, got to be careful. Uh-huh, got to be careful. He's like, well, I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a 15% labor. That also means that people were waiting at the front counter too long. You gotta be gotta be careful. It's a it's a two-edged sword. It's a two-edged sword. You have to spend money on labor. Man, I'm I'm telling you, I learned more about business at Little Caesars than any school class I've ever taken. This little pizza place has taught me more about business than any other place. Any other place. 18 to 21%. Paper is what it's what you think it is, but you just don't think about it. That's the pizza boxes, because Grace doesn't want to walk out with a 480-degree pizza in her hands. That's that's not suitable for her manicure. You understand? It's just, or nor does she want to put that in the backseat of her car. The kids already got juice and, and well, not Grace, but you understand. They already got chocolate milk everywhere. She don't want melted pizza everywhere, Steve, on, on the seats. So obviously, cardboard boxes is paper. Napkins, because believe me, how many of you ever went to McDonald's and you asked for a napkin and they gave you two napkins? <laughs> two napkins, all right? They gave you two napkins because that's all in the cost. Now you say, Antonio, what about the dips? With five kids. Life? With five, five kids. Five kids. <laughs>
Now, law says, well, what's food in my business? Whatever your business can't run without, that is food. You understand? Let me let me let me stop my mic. I mean my, my camera my screen just for a second. You can't run up on KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and go there and they say, we don't have no more chicken. It's bad for the brand. Do you understand what I'm saying? Go ahead, Jerry. I went to Wendy's uh, in April right after this pandemic thing started, and they had no beef. And I was just shocked. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I'm shocked. I wasn't even sure they was using real beef. So I'm super shocked twice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm shocked they ran out. and shocked they didn't just go in the back and get the fake stuff. (laughs) Horse meat. (laughs) Probably is. Who knows? But, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense, right? All of you, I want you to think about your business and think about what does your business, what's the food of your business? And if I ran up in, if I ran in your business and start stealing from your business, what would that be? Food could be your intellectual property. So then how much does it cost for you to produce a video? You understand what I'm saying? Now, this is going to be a tad bit easier for y'all because as long as y'all have known me, I keep telling you, get your customers for free. Right? So this is how I force you to lower your costs with, with some things. And the pandemic has jumped you on Zoom instead of your 4K cameras with your camera crews walking around. You understand? Now, and Gary V has taught you that you don't really have to spend a million dollars on one video. Right? You can just make a million videos. <laughs> Something like that, right? You, you got some advantages here, but I want you to think about food. Grace, in your case, guess what? food is. Mm. Uh-huh. Tell us about your business, Grace. <clears throat> well, uh, the name is now Teaching Without Borders. And uh, what we do is going to teach advanced K through 12 for parents, not for parents, but for their children who parents want to, like Antonio, who want to get that out of the way? <laughs> and how do you, how do you, how do I eat this? Do I, do I come to your house? Oh no, 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 no. Why, why you in the shower? And I say, <laughs> hey, it's time for me to no. learn. No, can no, you no. dry off real quick? No. <laughs> videos will be made. <laughs> okay, okay, videos. Yeah. Okay, yeah. videos will be made. This makes sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now the videos be so there's a cost for videos then. Mm-hmm. But then do I come to your house and pick up my videos? No, 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 no. Uh, there will be a link sent to There's you. a link? Yes. All right. Okay. Do I come to your house and pick up my link? No, 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 no. It will be sent to you via email. You know. Okay. Email. Email. So it will be an email database for that. Do you plan on having a large email database? Yeah. So most likely there will be a funnel. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. So a large email database that's going to be email marketing that's going to come with a large monthly fee. Uh, yes. Okay. Ah, you see it? Oh, okay. Yes. It, it make sense? Yes. Funnel, that's going to come with a fee. Mm-hmm. Where are you storing this stuff? Are you are you storing it in the bathtub for security? <laughs> oh, you, no. you just told me I can't run up in your house, so clearly your bathtub is secure. 
Right. Is that where you store your videos? No, 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 no. Okay, it's going to so. be some kind of external hard drive and okay, all that. So, kind of so whoever is, well, no, external hard drives is not secured. If one of them breaks, mm -hmm. then you lose your whole company. Oh, okay. That's you correct. You put it on a cloud somewhere. Yes, cloud. Yes. That comes with a fee, too. Uh, yes, it does. All right. So, remember when Grace <laughs> said she would make $2,000 a day? That ain't got nothing to do with that $283 a month she got to pay <laughs> to store that stuff. Right. Do, 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 do y'all see what I'm doing? Yeah. All right. Antonio. Yes, ma'am. Um, just while it's in my head for uh, Grace, there's so many high-risk kids right now. Um, asthma. A lot of kids have asthma. They aren't going to be able to go to school, a lot of them. The air conditioning people that I was talking with, she's working from home, and both her and her son have asthma, and she's concerned for him and about school and all those things. And Florida just now um, did an emergency order that all schools will be open in the fall. This is Trump territory. God bless um, you. But I, I was thinking right behind that. you there. I I was talking with her and you know, she was kind, I was kind, compassionate. We got into conversations. Didn't know I thought she was just the one, you know, uh, making sure the person got here on time and listened to all my things requests for coronavirus protocol. But she's actually the sales manager and you know, because of my kindness and we got talking and then I told her what we did and she wants us now to do some sales training um, for her team. So you see how what we talked about last night and yesterday about just you still have to have that personal touch with people and conversations create clients. So, but the I while it was on my mind, Grace, there's so many kids with asthma that in those sales funnels and things, make sure to include that. Thank you so much, Ms. Susan. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, definitely include that. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, work it out. We work it out. So, Grace, is it safe to assume that recording the videos and storing the videos is pretty much your main overhead? Yes. That's your food. Let's go back to my screen. Okay. All right. Just, is it making sense to everybody now? Yes. Her food... Yes, yes, ma'am, Deanna. Are we still under number one on how much do I want to make per day? Oh, yeah. Okay. I ain't, I ain't, yeah, to I make ain't, sure I ain't missed nothing. You good. You, you, you good. I ain't went nowhere. Ain't no sense in me going nowhere. You understand what I'm saying? Because, right. because, well, let me, let me write this down first. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Grace, your, your food is storage and data. Now, this is going to change for all of you. It's something else. But whatever you cannot do business without, she can. What's she gonna store the videos? Unless she's gonna say, "Hey, I just did a video. Can all my customers? Can you come hold these real quick?" <laughs> Can't do that, right? And she's not trying to, you know, be towel wet because I want to take my classes right after I jog. So here she is doing her morning excavation of her bowels, and I show up knocking on her door. Can you can can you hurry and wipe off? Cause I I've got to get to work and I need a class. No, you know, you know what I'm saying. As as vivid as I made that sound, 
you still would be making money while sitting upon the porcelain throne. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is still a reality, and you don't want me running up on your house talking about, hey, can you, can you hear in the army we say pinch it off. Pitch it off, Private. <laughs> Jerome knows. He knows. <laughs> Am I lying, Jerome? Pitch it off, Private. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I mean, wherever you at, squeeze. Let's go. <laughs> Got the army. All right, anyway. Point is, she can't live without video. She can't live without distribution. You understand? That's because once you make me the videos and once you storm, you still got to send them to me. That's why I said, do I come to your house and pick up my link? No. So all three of these areas, Stata, Dorage, and Distribution, okay, you got to pay for it. This is food for you. In your business model, this is food. Is this fair? Fair. Mm -hmm. All right. In your business model, this is food. What I Yes, ma'am. So in the uh, the business model part of it, those are major things that are food, but um, what about if she has to print stuff? So would that be printer, internet, video, Zooms, links, funnels, iCloud, um, pencil, pens, highlighters? Okay, so things that are tangible like pencil, pens, highlighters, she could put that in plastic. So pencils, pens, highlighters, whiteboards, right, whiteboards, markers, erasers, right, all that stuff, Grace, which can also be called supplies, all of that, all of this will be plastic for you, okay, Okay? all that will be plastic, but Carol said internet. Mm-hmm. That sounded real paper to me. You get okay, it? Okay. Internet. What else? What what else like internet can you think of, Carol? I know she was saying your, Zoom. Your phone, your phone for one. Okay. Internet, Zoom. That's good. We can even put well, you could put probably put cameras in plastic, right? You know, because that's okay. all supplies. But internet, Zoom, and what about what about the printers and funnels and iClouds and all? Is that all part of the same or is it different categories? The plast- printers can go under supplies, but the mm-hmm. funnels can go under paper. Okay. okay and et cetera. And basically, what I'm saying is all digital supplies can go under one. So maybe we can call that plastic if you want. And all physical supplies, tangible supplies, can go under the other. Either way, okay, that, that looks like I confuse you, Grace. So digital supplies is paper, and then all the tangible supplies is No, paper. no, here's your digital supplies. Internet, like, can you, have you ever touched the internet before? No, that's what I was saying. You were saying the digital supplies is paper, and then the physical supplies is plastic. Right, but that doesn't make okay. sense. Let's switch that. So oh, okay. we're going to make the digital okay. supplies, I mean, it, plastic, all right? Okay. <laughs> More futuristic. Now, of course, this is arbitrary, Carol. So if you wanted to put it somewhere, right, then it's all good. If you want to, 
you can if you want to name these. Once you get here, you name them internet, name it. That's all that's all good to you. Digital supplies, physical supplies, you can name these. But right now we're gonna stick with paper label plastic food because that's what Little Caesars did, and this mm -hmm. is how I understand it. Okay, go ahead, Deanna. So for companies like Carol's, Phil and Susan, you where would travel go? Would that go under food or would that go under well, paper which, or uh, yes. How, do you want company to cover travel? Uh yeah. And will you be traveling a lot? Uh definitely. All right then. <laughs> so what you're gonna do there is you're gonna put your travel in the internet of things, but then you're gonna have to raise your percentage. Okay. So if you're if you know travel is going to be expensive, then you're gonna have to raise this from five percent to ten to twelve percent. But there is a catch to all of this. This tells you you can only accept so many travel engagements a month. That's the whole point of this. Ah. You understand? That means if you accept more, then you gotta be like Susan. And you got to say, well, can you pay for Phil's travel? Gotcha. Well, that's standard. That's there. You go. That's standard. We say we okay. quote when you quote a fee, you go plus travel and living. Got it. Now standard. there are some speakers that like to bundle that in and say this is just the one fee and don't worry about the crowd cover it. But that's an exercise I think you need to you need to do later on once you get some handle on what what the number is going to be. So it's very easy and it's standard in the industry that it's, here's my fee plus travel and living. And I tell them, I say, and I spend your money like I spend mine. So don't worry that I'm going to be traveling first class and billion. Another thing you might want to do eventually, and I may be getting ahead of you, break no, it down to fix, fixed costs and variable costs. For instance, in the restaurant, your fixed cost is your rent, uh, your electricity, your insurance, variable cost is yep. payroll, food costs things that vary, things that you can have some control over, fixed costs or things you don't have any control over. You got to pay that every month, no matter what kind of volume. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which that fixed cost is coming up here in a second, but you walked me perfectly with great transition to the variable cost. That's why labor is here. Grace. Yes, sir. You have a micro business. If for those of you who don't know what a micro business is, a micro business is a business that you can have with one or two employees or none. Mm -hmm. Grace gets lucky here, almost. Almost. You still have to pay for labor. Mm -hmm. You understand? So you got, well, actually, you've accounted for it here in funnels. Okay. You accounted for it here in funnels. What I would do is I would stick with an 18 to 21% labor. Oh, you okay. can break the number down, the 8 to 10%. I would just stick to 18, 21%. Okay. You understand? Mm -hmm. And if I never, if nothing never happened, I know that money go back to the bank. You understand what I'm saying? If, mm -hmm. if I ever need it, I know I got it because I budgeted for it. And 99.99% .99 of the time, that's just going to go to the bank as extra money. But I, what I would not do, you understand? 
I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger. And how our mission can inspire tomorrow. This is journalism that helps the world we live in. This is Mexit News. Is not planned. To have to say, man, I need to hire somebody real quick that's going to. Yeah, because that, that chocolate guy that lives in Brooklyn. Yeah. All right. All right. So you, you may need teacher, right? You're going to need a little teacher. You may need a someone to take your Instagram page <laughs> from, from 500 <laughs> likes to 50,000 likes, right? You, you, you know what I'm saying? Anything like that, I would just budget for it anyway. That doesn't mean you need to use it. But I personally like to have it and I need it. Like a gun in okay. Texas. Do you understand? All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, excuse our Texas talk. <laughs> and of course, this, this, and in your case, this would be teachers. Uh, mm-hmm. We call them consultants. This could be for anybody that, you know, and then social media experts. Okay. okay. You got it. It could be, can, it doesn't have to be, but you got it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Hold on, real quick, Deanna. These are four main areas. Okay. That fixed cost is going to punch you in the face in a second, but you, you'll be okay. Go ahead, Deanna. So let's say you have a coach, and that coach, and you you pay that coach monthly. Would would that be would that be something you would put into labor? labor? That's absolutely labor. Thank you. Yeah, that's just, what I needed just, to know. There's no way. It's, yeah, yeah. That's that's, and their labor needs to be budgeted. And these, yeah, ready for this? This is daily. Phil said every day they counted the fries. Who counts fries? The people not trying to get robbed from. You understand? And then it also lets you control Mr. Heavy Hand that wants to. Super heavy hand the fries. <laughs> yeah, that would have been me. I mean, listen, you like, oh man, I just look better like this. Look better like this, sir. Over a thousand customers ends up costing me a hundred extra dollars a day. Times thirty, Grace. What's a hundred times thirty days, please? Three thousand. Mister Heavy Hand. You cost me three, your presence cost me $3,000 the way you heaving those fries into the cup. This is a big deal because we have, yeah, yeah, you ever had the Italian cheesy bread? That's 10 ounces of dough, period. Everything in this season is made from scratch. The, the, the pizza, it's 19 ounces of dough. So we would make sure 
that each batch of dough can get about 300 large pizzas out of it. Do you understand? And then we would do a batch of dough and get everything for all the Italian breads too. Just 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 one one of those, or maybe half a batch. And we would know which days to make more dough. Because Tuesday piece of sales don't mean nothing. Oh, but that Friday. <laughs> right? That Friday, Saturday. And you gotta be careful. Because Halloween is the busiest piece of day of all time. I don't understand why. I can just tell you it is facts. Okay? All hands are on deck come Halloween from start to finish. It never slows down. And I was at this season. We was doing $25,000 a week. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $25,000 weeks. $30,000 weeks. off $5 pizza. You know how many pieces that is? That's a lot. Grace, do your calculator real quick. Do you calculate it? Our backs would be hurting. Would Super Bowl be the second busiest day? Oh, my God. Halloween's the first. Super Bowl would be the second busiest day. And you know we were so busy, feel that we never anticipated. Well, I never anticipated. Getting out of school, all them teachers would throw pizza parties for their students. So come May and June, we be busy yeah. too much. I just want—I just want to know. Uh, go ahead. Y'all had it in May. We gave all, it to y'all in May. All, all the school <laughs> yeah. districts, yeah, and we was in a good spot too. We was in a good spot. Give me twenty-five thousand divided by five, please. I, I just want to know how, because my back used to be killing me. That's five thousand pieces, and this was an average week. That's 5,000 pizzas, average week. That's a lot for pizza. For pizza, right? For pizza. Now, so all of you should understand, this is, how many, uh, this is actually pretty advanced NBA stuff going on right now. <laughs> I got this. Yes, ma'am. So if you have that, um, and and you had to make that many, and you made that much. How much was the company actually getting? All right. So the fixed cost came in because the manager I worked for, his name's Chris, very good guy. He was actually he's actually from Corby, England. Steve, where's Steve? How long ago? This is why I know so much about English culture, because my my store manager was English with a with a strong English at well, I'm not sure it was strong English accent to you, because I'm American, because I know my accent is strong to you. You, you. you know what? Let me just let me just poke fun at Americans just for a second, because I can't help myself. Why do we think we don't have accent as if? We're the baseline for all the cut the world to speak. Because <laughs> we don't have an accent, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, you know, that makes no sense. <laughs> when I when I came from, from New York to Florida, even now, they say, Oh, you're from New York, aren't you? And I would die laughing because I didn't know that I had an accent either. Oh child, yeah. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially you New Yorkers. Yeah, y'all. Oh yeah, strong accent, strong. It's from Jersey and New York, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what the poke fun of this. As if the whole world is supposed to sound American, and if you don't sound American, you have an accent. Too funny, too funny. Don't 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 mind me. Don't mind me. I just I, I be having my woke moments sometimes. That's what poke fun of this. Now, Carol, my guy, he's from Corby, England, a little small rural town. And, and you know what Corby is, Steve? Somewhere near Nottingham, roughly. Yeah, that's what he was saying. Yeah, he 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 had he's talked about it so much that I got this dream of buying a house in Corby. All right? Yeah, this dream of buying a house in Corby. Good stuff. And he said when he started when he was telling me how oh we didn't have no no air conditions, we would just when the windows were fog up, we just open it up. And he would tell me about the English summers. I'd be like, man, I need to go there because it's hot as hell right now because we sit in Texas. <laughs> anyway, this, these two things killed us. Now, of course, he's remained profitable. These two things killed us, rent and loan. Let me explain. Oh, well, rent, loan, and utilities but the utilities wasn't a problem let me explain he was one of the best managers in houston and from that managing the caesars told him man you really need to start your own store so he did now he was one of the best managers in houston at one of the busiest stores that store did twenty five thousand dollar hours we did twenty five thousand dollar days that store did $25,000 hours. It's off Blackhawk and Beamer for you Houstonians. To give you an idea, Houston has a, a tollway that you pay the toll, and the first free exit is Beamer. And it's sitting right where the on the south side of Houston where if you want to avoid traffic, hit the tollway real quick. So essentially, 40% of Houston is saying, I'll be smart and avoid traffic. And they go be smart and avoid traffic. And the first free exit is where that little Caesar's at. And then people go, you know what? Let me pick up some food real quick on the way home. So by the time I get home, exactly. And it benefited from location, location, location. And they did $25,000 hours and something like $250,000 weeks or something. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. And we were complaining our $25,000 a day store. I mean, yeah, a day store. And they do a $25,000 hours. That store was actually so busy, you went there to train. And he was the manager of that store. They became the district manager and regional manager. They say, you should open up, you're so good. So we did. So we got a bunch of liquid money, and then he had to go secure a loan, right, for a bunch of stuff. So he had the loan payment. So now you got to add this loan payment in. How many of you understand the thought process of starting a business and needing to get a loan? Anybody over 30 should know something about this process. Definitely, okay? That was there. Then he's in the shopping plaza, right? And since he was British, 
he got it for free. No, of course not. Doesn't matter if he was British. <laughs> a woman <laughs> that charged Jesus. So ain't no sense of thinking they won't charge you. Right? <laughs> Buddha, Muhammad, they all could have been there. I, thank you, Your Holiness. Run me my money, please. Thank you. <laughs> you, you. You would pay me every month. <laughs> Mother Teresa, all you're doing is great work. But if you don't have me our money in the next 30 days, we'll have to evict you, okay? <laughs> okay. Rent, all these are fixed costs. Now, forget the percentages, because the percentages don't matter, as Phil alluded to. This is run me my money, okay? R triple M. No matter what you do up here, you got to pay this, even if you got to go in your own pocket. Now, let's do some very easy math here. Grace, oh, go ahead, Phil. Well, Antonio, when I started Humor Consultants, I was thinking I needed a loan. So I went to the best business people I knew to ask them about it. And they said, you don't need a loan, you need customers. I said, what do you mean? Go sell your gigs. That's Let good. your customers finance your business. Go to work, sell what you got, and if you can't sell it, you didn't, you didn't need a loan anyway. So that's why I started the business thinking I needed a loan, but when all the smart businessmen told me, you didn't need a loan, just go out and go to work and let your sales finance your business. If you can't do that, you shouldn't have a business in the first place. And that's where I started getting created with barter. So that's when I started saying, okay, I need printing. Let's go to a print shop. I need... I need, uh, you know, copiers. I bartered for a copier. I bartered for office furniture. I bartered for, so I let my customers finance my business. Health clubs. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, we were, we were a member of the most, most uh, expensive health club in Columbus, Ohio, do barter. We had cars. Remember, Jerry, we had cars from that dealership in Springfield, and we're driving oh, yeah. to the dealership, and we heard on the radio about a fire. It was the dealership. Our client. The dealership burnt down as we were driving to do a seminar in Springfield, Ohio. That was a crazy morning. <clears throat> I think we still did something. Didn't we still do a presentation to the people that were standing there? Yeah, I told them. I said, they need motivation yeah. now more than ever. I said, Let it, yeah. they wanted to cancel. I said, why cancel now? You need, you need to get these people proactive now more than ever. Now's your opportunity. The place was burned to the ground. Burned into the ground. Yep. Here's Phil talking about thank God for fires. Let's go. <laughs> well, Jerry and I had a car under our butt. We didn't want them to take the car away, so we had to exactly. figure something out. We I figured they canceled right. the seminars, then they we got to give them back the cars. I was driving. Cars. I was driving a brand new New Yorker. Yeah. Oh wow. White with a too. white with blue leather. Oh, it was nice. Oh yeah. All right. All right. That's Jerry pulled up. Are, are you the wife? Are you? No? Okay, let's keep going. All right, that's a nice car. Phil, <laughs> Phil had the convertible. Phil drove the convertible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you think Jerry's cute now. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make me blush. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry was the guy with the suit jacket on with no shirt. <laughs> and the ponytail. Well, I, only, I only had eyes for Phil. <laughs> in the convertible, making sure nobody else had the eyes. I know that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I heard that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was on my job. <laughs> Good stuff. Grace, do me a favor. Put these numbers in your calculator real quick. And I'm going to pick back. I'm immediately in the next thingamabobby. I'm going to pick right up here. Grace, we're going to go with 21% plus 5% plus 21% plus 5%. I'm going to show you why. Now, now, now you can, you, you, you can share, share your screen this time now. 21 plus 5 plus 21 plus 5. There you go. I think that's what I said. Go two 21s and two, two fives. Let them see it. She does that so well. This means, ladies and gentlemen, that before you ever ever get to go to the bank, you 52 cents short. Did y'all, did you, did you? Can All I right, get an amen somewhere? All right. But remember I said the fixed price is going to slap you in the face. And your rent and that loan is fixed. That ain't got nothing to do with this. Do you understand? And that rent and that loan is going to be something about another 40%. Grace, just go ahead and put 40 in there. Let's put, put plus 0.4. And this is what your business looks like. For every dollar that comes in, you get $0.08. Cents. But wait, there's more. Because if you're smart, you do what we did at Little Caesars. At the end of the night, every single night, Steve, we added up net and gross. That's how we double-checked and triple-checked the numbers. And we only cared about the net and the difference between net and gross. We went to the bank and put it in. You know why, ladies and gentlemen? Because those taxes were not ours. The reason we charge tax is because you're saying customer with $9 plus tax, therefore the plus tax never goes into our bank account. We're sending that to the government so we never have to pay taxes. Because if you just think you got eight cents coming and you haven't accounted for the government in your pocket, well, you ain't got no money. Okay. <laughs> and guess what the state, watch this here, Grace. Grace, tell them what the sales tax in Texas is. Do you know that? 8.25%. Go ahead and put, go ahead and add 8.25% to that. No, no, unmute your mic because I want them to gasp when you do it. <laughs> Oh. Show disrespectful, ain't it? Yeah. It means that for every dollar that comes in my store, he got nothing. Go ahead. This is why ninety percent of businesses fail in the first year. <laughs> Go ahead, Deanna. You had a question. What was that? Forty percent? Was that the the loan? That's the fixed and... cost. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, there's no way. There's no. I mean. 
look, you don't even have to think I was being high. Hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm graceful. You ready to show that screen again? Because I want him to read that and weep. You understand what I'm saying? How many of you pay a mortgage or rent and it's less than 25% of your income? I don't know nobody like that. That's not how they designed the system. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> they got all of us <laughs> paying 40 to 50% rent. And that's rent plus loan. I was being nice. I was being nice. This is why Steve was like, Woof, get to sell this brick and mortar business. All right, funnels. Funnels it is, because Steve don't have to worry about <laughs> the stuff I just did no more. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> the stuff I just did is going to punch you in the face. Well. <laughs> Say it again? Staff are a real pain as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely the staff. Definitely the staff. There you have it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I just showed you super conservatively. I didn't say anything about, uh, uh, what do you call it when it's a heat, heat wave? I was going to say, what do you call it when it's a heat wave? A heat wave. Okay. I didn't say anything about a heat wave. I didn't say anything about me and Phil checking the internet and cheese prices then doubled today for no reason at all. That happens. I promise you that happens. You look, there's something that happened in the Middle East. Something happened. And all of a sudden, cheese prices went up. And we like, what's this got to do with oil? But it happens. It happens, I'm telling you. But it makes sense, though, because oil, we get gasoline from oil, oil prices go up, the gas has to, the truck has to come out and give you the cheese. It does make sense, but still, I still wanted to complain, though. Don't get it twisted, because it was messing with my bonus. You understand, Jerry? It was messing with my bonus. So I wanted to complain. Because if the cheese price go up, guess what I have to do to fix it? I have to make labor go down. And I know if I make labor go down, then I got to work harder. You understand? And if I got to work harder, now I got to see who can, I got to put my best people in the day with me, which means I got to put the weakest people at night, which also means there's your food waste going up. And it's going to take them three hours to close the store down, which increases my labor anyway. It's so much stuff that is connected that is insane unless you actually did it. We're going to pick up right here in the next few minutes in the sales class because, Grace, that $2,000 you was talking about ain't $2,000 no more. It's zero. Did y'all learn a lesson I just did? I sure hope y'all are the sales class. Has this been beneficial to y'all? Yes. Because your business operates in capitalism, and it works in these rules. I would probably be like Steve and Jerry and start sales photos as fast as possible. <laughs> so get rid of some of this stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's been today's partial lesson, because I'm about to jump right back on it and bless you as much as possible. Jerome, don't you wish they taught you this a long time ago? They, they sure did us wrong. They did us wrong. Antonio, how do you know this? Because I was broke. Broke and he broke, broke, broke. And I was trying not to be broke. <laughs> There's no other reason. I don't do it for no other reason. If I had any sense of 
of a shot, I wouldn't know any of this stuff. But when you super broke shaker and you have to eat, you have to make money just to eat because ain't nobody taking care of you, you tend to learn rules that nobody else knows. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can't play better. You can dominate. All right, everybody, we'll see you in a few minutes on the sales call. Y'all have a good one. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great. And you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. Because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1%. And they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money. And that is not the way to become rich. It's not the way to become wealthy. And it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now. And they all want to learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your favor. Right now in this world, there are 2,057 billionaires. Right now. So if you think becoming a billionaire is, a, is impossible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane how much money is everywhere, and you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody to teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy for what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now, actually 1,730 people right now, are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you want to go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from Elon Musk? How do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, 
and somehow I'm in the top 1% today. Not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal from a meal to clothes, to clothes, to shelter, to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money, and now that's what I'm gonna do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy, I've homeschooled my own children, and I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion going self is not enough to get to the top 1% and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I built a large following of over half a million people every month that pay me to actually, for me, to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is, I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned, everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man and the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and 
all that good stuff. Plus, I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. Plus, I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. And to be honest with you, and you can kind of relate to this, it almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are gonna have a really hard time. Think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are gonna be watching this are gonna be baby boomers, and you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable, and I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement, and then as Grant Cardone would say, 10 extra retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I wanna send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost, I'll take the loss. And all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world not making money the pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire i came really close so the pandemic was a blessing it was hiring people and get this everybody i had 48 job positions open during the pandemic 22 dollars an hour with paid training and i could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions hear me well 48 job positions 22 dollars an hour paid training and i couldn't find someone not one person for those job positions now is it because i hire slowly true but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter 
takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out uh, review and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.